Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Forrest with Straightening the Record podcast. You know what you're listening to. Uh, It's episode four of season three, and I'm very excited to say that we are talking to Anna Gebhardt and Caleb Swank Ferrara of Annalie Berra. It was a real treat to have them on. We talk about basically every Annalie Berra album. Um, we talk a whole lot about La Vale, which is a really cool experimental record. And we also spend a lot of time talking about some new arrangements that Anna and Caleb have been working on for a lot of the old material, um, which essentially gives the music, from what I understand, a more fun, danceable, somewhat electronic vibe, while also making it so that um, Anna, Caleb, and Ryan can play along live in a way that feels comfortable. So um, we talk about that a fair bit later on in the episode. And on that note, Anna Libera has a online concert stream thing from the Englert Theater in Iowa City that they are now ready to promote. At the time of recording this episode, um, they thought it wasn't quite time to talk about it yet, but in the past week, the Englert actually did um, announce their show. There are tickets you can buy to watch it online, and um, I'm really excited to see that stuff. Aside from that little plug, which um, you should definitely check that out, uh, I also wanted to just remind everybody that I have a Patreon page that I would love for you all to also check out. In addition to hearing early versions of this podcast, um, I do some bonus episodes and uh, content from my own home studio, which is a lot of like demos and rough mixes of things that I'm working on. If the process of um, songwriting and production interests you, I'm also thinking about maybe possibly looking into how to do like uh, screen recordings so that for some people who are intimidated by audio production stuff, I don't know, maybe I could do some videos about that stuff and that would be on there too. Um, Because I'm starting to feel comfortable with certain elements of audio production. And and I think some people overcomplicate it too much, but that's a different conversation and I don't want to waste your time right now. You are here to... Uh, listen to me talk to Anna. So if you are interested in supporting me on Patreon, the last uh, thing I'll say about that is that the uh, cheapest monthly support tier is $2. So it's a super affordable thing, and I appreciate every single person who does that uh, so much I can't even even express it. Um, So if you want to just throw me two dollars to to get sneak peeks of these episodes and lots of other cool stuff go to patreon.com slash forest cochran that's f-o-r-e-s-t-c-o-c-h-r-a-n and um and i'll see you on there 
And I think that's everything that I wanted to cover before we get into the uh, main part of this episode. This first song is Sanctuary from the Moonbath record, which came out in late 2019. It's one of my favorite songs from that record. Um, and then after the interview, you will hear Help Yourself from Opia, which I think is just a fantastic, emotional, beautiful song. Uh, and I love the saxophone on it. So since Anna let me pick the songs, these are the ones I picked. And uh, I hope you enjoy them a lot. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, I thank them in the interview a couple of times, but I'm going to say it again. Thanks to Anna and Caleb for joining me on Straightening the Record. All right.
so I guess well I I should just say thanks for thanks for coming on and doing the thing with with me because I um I've been wanting to chat with you Anna for for a while on this thing and I uh I hadn't gotten around to it and uh and Caleb it's fun to have you along too and hopefully you don't get bored with uh talking about stuff that you weren't involved with um oh i'm down to hear about it it'll be i'm excited to listen to it live in real time (laughs) (laughs) excited to learn the history sitting here yeah um well you know the song says uh the beginning is a really good place to start but i i don't necessarily need to go back to childhood or anything but uh last year when i was like I was like thinking about doing like reviews for the Des Moines Music Coalition website and I was like looking into your old shit and uh, you remember this when I like asked you to send me lyrics and and stuff uh, or maybe you don't remember which would also be fine. I had forgotten but now I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well I don't remember what happened to that but I think I decided I'd rather do this but when I was doing that research I I, like I realized that um, in 2015, you had put out Nevermind I Love You, Love in a Recession, and LaVale all within like three months of each other. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I, I don't think I had realized that, that it was all just like, boom, 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 here's a bunch of fucking dope music. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I, I, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how it came to be that you had all these different things um, in production at the same time, um, you know, just like how all of those different projects came together. Way yeah, back that's then. so sim- That's really simple. I mean, uh, like we were performing those songs on "Nevermind, I Love You" for a long time, like years. Mm-hmm. And we, and the recording process was like kind of slow. It it took over a year, but that was after we'd already been playing the songs for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because we were just so busy playing shows and touring, and then um, it was just a uh, the word is slipping my mind, but like practical thing with uh the love and a recession ep um and the size of the record you know it's the sound deteriorates as you get to the the edges so we decided yeah we decided to cut some songs from that record um to preserve the sound which made the record a little shorter it's only eight songs and um but then it just sounds you know good and it was also kind of nice because we cut the songs that kind of went together thematically and I don't know, separating them was kind of nice, but I do wish that I do want to put them, the, uh, love and recession stuff on something physical at some point. And the, um, the LaVale tape was just like, I was really tired of the material. I mean, I wasn't tired of the, eh, I was kind of tired of the material <laughs> that we were working on for so long, the love or the, um, nevermind. I love you songs. And, uh, we, um, then, and then also just like, I don't know. I just felt like everything was kind of like 
taking a long time, you know, getting it recorded took a while, then like just going through the process of getting it out into the world after that took a long time. Mm-hmm. So I just recorded Low Veil in my bedroom basically while waiting for that to finally come out. So basically I recorded Low Veil after we were done recording Never Mind I Love You Stuff mm. and and it was in production to become a physical thing that we were going to promote or whatever. Sure, because that was And then, I guess... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, because that was, like, something that you did a lot of press for at that time, and you did, like, you you put it out through Sump Pump and all that stuff, so I'm sure there was a lot of uh, waiting for I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, it was during that time that I recorded it, and, like, originally we were thinking that the tape would kind of just be like a little bonus with a never mind I love you release just like oh if you pre-order this I don't know you can have this tape um because I thought I mean I thought it was like funny it was like kind of a funny tape to me mm-hmm. and I thought like a few of my friends would like it you know I was just having fun making that tape and um but I ended up doing more with it because people really liked it yeah and I know that pissed I think it might have pissed off some people because um, you know, some people really care about, and this is like, this is cool. I have never gotten into my, in myself, but like collect being like collectible is important to some people. And I kind of fucked that up by, uh, I think we sort of announced, you know, that like, oh, this is like a special tape you get, but oh, like they put out more of those tapes later. That's not why, I don't know, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they enjoyed what they got and. I don't know. It, it was still somewhat of a limited <laughs> release, right? Like it was it wasn't like there were like thousands of copies made um or maybe I'm wrong. No, you're right. Um there were like multiple pressings because the pressings or whatever, I guess it's not pressings, but whatever yeah. you call it, editions. Um because they were like the first one was like 16 or something. Uh-huh. So, you know, you, you get like a certain addition, but I would make more too if I could convince someone to, because <laughs> I like want to share that album here and there, you know, it represents something that none of my other stuff does. Yeah. And I want to share it with a lot of people still. Um, and I don't have a copy. I do have a copy. Yeah. We were just talking about this. <laughs> I have a copy because I bought it for like $25 on fucking Discogs. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's crazy. I like, I like want people to have it. So if I have one in my possession, I give it away, but I'm not going to give this one away because I also want to have a copy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I would love if, if there was, you know, someday the will to, to do like a, I don't know, would it have to be a 10 inch to put it on vinyl? Um, because it's like I think I watched the thing it's on like a half hour. Yeah, it's like twenty three minutes or twenty six. Oh yeah, yeah. twenty six yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Um. So maybe maybe a ten inch would work, but the but that's kind of a geeky format. Like you might as well just make it a twelve inch at that point. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I know that stuff's exp- expensive though, so uh, no pressure. 
Um, yeah, and and I guess while we're on the subject of Lavelle, um, I mean, was that all like tape, or or were you doing that like on your laptop at the time, or like? Yeah, I did that on my laptop. Would you like to talk at all about how you know how those kind of ideas came together? Um, like, obviously, it wasn't uh, a traditional way of of writing songs. Um, um, yeah, that was kind of. Uh improvisational just kind of fucking around music concrete a little bit kind of vibes you know Mm -hmm. it's like making sounds you know yeah yeah um (laughs) and the sort of film that went along with it um i'd be interested to to hear about how you went about doing that too if there's if there's anything yeah i love talking about the film um when the night people records uh asked to do another release of the tape. Um, he asked for a music video to support the promotion. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't really, I didn't find it. I don't know. I guess looking back now, I'm like, I think you could have managed like one song, but it didn't seem like appropriate yeah. to do one song from it. Cause it's kind of all goes together. Yeah. It's like, so a, I just a made it. Yeah, I was like, I can do that, but I'm going to make it for the whole album because it all goes together. And yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, yeah, because because it said on your your YouTube that you like edited it all yourself and and stuff like that. So well, Bruce um, Bruce was with me all along the way, though. Mm-hmm. You know, he was helping basically engineering all that. You know. Um, so we worked on it together. Shouts out Bruce Bales. Such a guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much done. He's done all of your videos except for the one Serena did, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I really, really love the one for, uh, is it black cat, white, white cat? The one that's like moody, uh, looking, that's a bad way of describing it. Probably. Yeah. It's moody. It's totally moody. It's very dark. Lit, darkly kind of lit yeah. yeah blooms was the one that was like a tour video right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and it was special because bruce went on tour with us you know yeah i bet that was a lot of fun it was um i think i read somewhere that 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 where the lavelle video was filmed was like a family farmhouse or something like that can you talk about the, the how that sort of or like what the location was and what your relationship yeah. was to it. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, a lot of the film was done around Des Moines, but, um, a large chunks of it were, um, from my family archives too. uh, VHS tapes that I don't know why I had those, but, um, it's good stuff to have. Also like the way that I made the film was I would, take the footage, play it on the TV and film the TV. Mm. Um, so that kind of accounts for the quality of the like lo-fi look of it. I, yeah. I, one time, one time we screened it at a film festival and an old elderly lady was like, why is it so blurry? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's something that you would wonder, I suppose. Like, why would you, make it look like that but actually when it got reviewed on um tabs out is it 
think, or tape. I can't think of the website right now. Everyone loves it, but tiny mixtapes. Oh yeah, I think it was tiny mixtapes. Uh, the guy was like, "Oh, she didn't film this. This is VHS footage." It's like, well, yeah, some of it is, but I actually technically did film that, and the rest of it I did also physically <laughs> film. But wow. that's cool. You didn't watch the film. When yeah. You it. Uh, that's all right. It's 26 <laughs> minutes long, so no worries, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the um, the stuff that you're referring to was filmed at my, where I grew up, the house I grew up in on a, on our farm in rural Nebraska. Um, and I, just for like years, I had been kind of like thinking about the, the house because we moved out of it when I was like, 12 maybe mm-hmm. or 13 maybe and it kind of felt like a dream in my mind I was like imagining the house like kind of rotting away and but I and I but I knew that there was still a lot of our shit in there because I'd been there like a couple times like for a while my dad lived in there when he got kicked out and it was like kind of yeah just stuff is everywhere from when we moved out you know Mm, wow like the extreme bachelor pad yeah um and like i don't know there's like books in my brother's room they used to have like all of their toys and um like you know you can see in the film there's like a toy horse that was my mom's when she was growing up that i played with growing up and like the angel from the christmas tree uh-huh. And the my piano that I grew up on was still in there, and then stuff in my room. And anyway, it had just been like rolling around in my mind, and I was like imagining it, like, oh, I wonder how what's what the house is looking like now, and I wonder what stuff is still there. Like thinking about my different things that I grew up with, uh-huh. and like wondering if I would be able to find them in there still, or if they're just lost in who knows where the landfill, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I finally went back to check it out and, um, that's the footage in Lovell film. Just kind of like wandering around and like reminiscing and. It was, yeah, kind of trying to capture that feeling of like this dream, but it was the reality and this place that my psyche is, um, built upon like this year in the times that we're in like all of my dreams are set in my hometown you know Mm. (laughs) like wow I know it wasn't like that before but this year all of my dreams are set in the in that setting you know my upbringing something about the (laughs) pandemic vibes are are like making my subconscious like live and swim around in that area of my brain um and I like to explore uh psychological things in all my work I think and so it was kind of about just that that it's like this this sort of like dream and reality thing that that I had been feeling for years and then like um I was glad that it looked pretty wild you know the trees were growing in animals go in and out. You can see all the evidence of animals Mm -hmm. and like all of our stuff is still there. Like we just left it there, 
only took a few things, I guess, like, or wow. the things we wanted to the, to the new house in town when I was 12 or whatever. And yeah, in I mean, there's, it means a lot to me. I could go on and on about that, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I'd love to hear anything about it because like because I I thought it was so so cool. I watched it for the second time earlier today because, you know, like you said, it's it's long, so it's not like an easy thing. And like the music is kind of anxious too, so you have to be in a certain type of mood for it. But um, but it I thought it was like a really really wonderful sort of um. I don't know, just, just a really wonderful experience of, uh, you know, just having my head between a couple of speakers and like, just, uh, I don't know, go, going into your headspace, uh, uh, watching that. And not only does it have that dreamlike quality that you were talking about, but it also reminds me a little bit of like, uh, maybe like Japanese or Korean horror movies at times and stuff like that is that something that you're into at all yeah i guess there was a little bit of well probably a lot of japanese influence i guess on that rec um on that tape because i was watching inuyasha at the time and it was like really really i was really into it <laughs> i love that show yeah uh and so yeah like three of the songs are I think three songs on there, like just kind of referencing that and just like, I don't know. The story is, uh, uh, you know, you watch some TV and you, you feel the feelings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If you, <laughs> yeah. especially if you're like binging through something, it can, it can impact yeah. you a lot. Like it can kind of take over your, your headspace. Um, I mean, yeah. So, you know, that inspired, that was inspiring and, the, it's like two, all three of the songs that I wrote that were like inspired from that show are about not necessarily good characters. They're um, scary characters, mm -hmm. but they're beautiful too. And like, I mean, you know, if I had to like sum up the whole work, it's like kind of an exorcism. It's kind of an alchemical piece taking trying to get rid of or transform, you know, heartbreak, basically. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and multi-layered. It's very, like, layered, but, like, referencing the heartbreak of family um, is kind of where I went with it in the film. Um, because, like, my childhood was so great at the farm. And then after we left the, that time you know like it was really traumatic after that for me mm. but i wrote the the music about uh like romantic heartbreak you know sure um the i think maybe the most visceral moment on there is uh well, I, I don't remember the title of it, but the one where you're like doing opera style singing and also like screaming on a different track and it's sort of like unintelligible, but it's, but it's got this, like, you can feel fury in that. Yeah. I was definitely like, there was a lot of anger for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was trying to have fun with it, you know, and I know that it's not as fun for the listener 
And I know, I feel like a couple of those tracks on that B-side weren't as successful musically and visually. Um, but, you know, that wasn't really, I was just making the stuff and that was a different process than the other stuff that I've done. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, but I'm, I'm curious what, what makes you think that it, it's uh, less successful? I don't know. Like, it's like, I mean, I guess I shouldn't critique my own stuff and like ruin it for anyone, but just a couple of those tracks didn't come out as fluidly and I had to try a little harder for them. Not mm. that that's bad, but they just felt more forced than some of the other ones. I see. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's pretty fucking cool all the way through. So I, so I was just curious, but yeah, you, you absolutely don't have to elaborate on it and make it any, any less, uh, mysterious. Uh, I'm glad you've been able to get through it more than once, you know, <laughs> I like weird <laughs> shit, you know, yeah. um, no, it's been really rewarding. Like some of my friends really got it. And some people I didn't know, like, um, my friend, Nick, well, he's more of an acquaintance. We haven't spent a ton of time together, but he does like a magazine sometimes called Midwaste, and he wrote some really cool stuff about it mm-hmm. that never came out. I don't think he ever published that edition, but oh, that's it was bad. still really cool for me to get that response from him and like to like feel that somebody like so deeply jived with it. He was like talking about like the experience of growing up in the Midwest, you know, and like so he is. I don't know. He's just really articulate and. And like, um, I don't know, likes to interact with um, kind of improvisational, ambient, experimental music. So he, it was like, that was one of my favorite responses to it. It's like, it just, I love when people have, do when they do jive with it. Like my dad was like disturbed by it and, and was like, it made him really sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, which makes me feel bad, but I'm like, I hope that you can see, like, this is a positive, uh, I don't know. It's a positive, uh, process. I do feel bad. I mean, I do want to make work that lifts people up. Um, but I haven't managed to do that yet, I guess. (laughs) I don't think that's true. Um, I mean, I think, I think catharsis is, extremely useful and um i mean i i I think if you if you purely made music coming from a place of of uh stuff that you were already happy about it 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 could run the risk of being a bit boring uh there's there's a bit of uh excitement that comes from turmoil you know yeah the unanswerable question do you have to be miserable to make good work yeah, it's it's a it's an excellent question. Um, I mean, yeah, you you see some of these famous people who who quit drinking and and start going to therapy, and and then their stuff sucks. So <laughs> it, there is some evidence, but it it might be purely uh, coincidental as, as well. Uh, I certainly hope you don't have to be miserable to make good work for your for for all of our no, sake. Definitely not. <laughs> you don't. You don't. I think the. I guess it's not an answerable. You don't have to be. But. Okay. I. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna take your word <laughs> for it. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I guess the, we, we've answered the question of of why it all came out at the same time, but but it but it's it it was representative in a way to me of like how you you seem to um, with every record come out with with a, t- a different process or a different um, sound or a different um, approach to songwriting or producing whatever it is that's that's calling out to you that you want to do. Um, and I, I guess I wonder if, um, if that's something that you think about a lot of like trying to do stuff differently all the time, or if that comes naturally. Well, I like to say lately that if Caleb had been around from the beginning, maybe we would have just had one sound. <laughs> because it's really just like a practical issue of um I don't know how you would describe it but like my brain is a little chaotic and I'm not really like I'm kind of more of an ideas person and less of an execution person so my process is very um experiential like I like to do the stuff as I'm making it and so it's difficult for me to hit the sound that I want and I never have. Um, so it's just, everything has come out sounding how it sounds and it's like disappointing to me, but, um, you know, I hope that eventually I will hit kind of like be able to make, I don't know. At the same time, like I feel like I've listened to so much music that it can, I can be interested in making so many different kinds of sounds like exploratory process wise I mean if I'd grown up recording it would be different and I would probably be able to like execute what I'm going for but I'm a slow learner and you know I'm now I've been recording for like eight years and I feel like I'm you know starting to be able to articulate what I'm going for but still pretty not able to like Caleb can um he learns his gear like so well and and also if like he wants to make a sound like if he thinks of a sound he can make it happen and that is um something i've never been able to do and um i also prefer collaboration and i don't like to work alone um so that's also been a huge part of it is just like whoever i'm working with at the time i mean i guess you saw something that resulted from me working alone with with the music of Low Veil, but um, that was also improvisational. Sure. You know? Whereas with the other records, it's like maybe uh, Ryan's helping you write songs, or in the case of, of uh, Moonbath, it's it's uh, Phil Rebley, right? Yeah, they bring their own styles to it, and it changes. Like... Um, we just made a new set recently and it, that sounds different too. It's like all this old stuff from Nevermind I Love You and all the different records, but um, it sounds really cool. And Caleb uh, programmed it all. Was what gear? Uh, like some electron gear. Like uh, this uh, sampler called the Dig Attacked uh, and a synth. Uh, called the analog keys. I just say that he programs it. Is that the appropriate way to like describe it? It's very accurate to 
what building that set was like. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So we have like another new sound coming, you know, soon. Just for like, I mean, right now it's live stuff, but. But maybe you'll we're be. We're stoked on it. Maybe you'll be writing with, with that. Uh, process in mind as well in in the exactly yeah exactly that is a very like sort of near term goal start working on some of that here pretty soon yeah rather than just doing revision although we still have a lot of revision to do there's still a lot of songs to sort of put into that format yeah like um, we've had trouble with drummers like we um, they're just really busy and can't always do the the stuff you know so we um we're really pumped that we finally figured out you know we've been talking about this forever but we finally figured out an arrangement we can do um with me ryan and caleb you know that's super cool yeah so we're pumped yeah so so hopefully when when shows are a thing again we'll we'll see what that looks like so is it, um, I mean, not to dwell too much on something that we can't even hear yet, but is it something like, yeah. is it in a similar line as far as program stuff to what you hear on Moonbath or? It, palette wise, I mean, it just as a, as a form of necessity has to be pretty different. I mean, because the Moonbath stuff, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Phil was working that up in Ableton, right? Yeah, we made it in Ableton. Yeah, so they're like, I remember when we were doing that tape release show at Gaslamp, uh, and I was like sort of taking the stems and rebuilding them into a version that like Ryan and I could play live with. Like there's just so much information there that is so dense. Like going into those stems and seeing Phil's process, like it's, it's, it's massive and there's like so many just like tiny sounds where I like load up the stems and look like, oh, this is an empty track that got left in there. But then I listen to it soloed out, and there's just like these tiny little blips that when you listen to it with the bigger picture uh, are everything. Um, that's something that he could do in Ableton. Um, yeah. That was his style. I mean, working. It's like kind of like has a lot going on. Maybe you could even say it's maximalist, but I don't know if I would quite say that. I don't think it quite hit quite hits maximalist, but it is yeah. it is busy and dense. I think those yeah. are definitely good adjectives for it. Yeah, and I, I guess that would give you an idea. It's like this stuff is more minimal, mm. a little more minimalist. Yeah, there are definitely still some like busy moments. Um, yeah, like the ends of certain songs, like Black Cat, White Cat, where they're like they're, like they're these weird little like. Uh, I don't know, I guess percussive sections um, that are not me totally just stealing um, from Sufjan Stevens' Age of Odds. Um, <laughs> but like, it's definitely some, some, some medium lifting going on there, I think. I, okay, I, I yeah. love those little, little patterns. Um, it's really cool. I'm really pumped to, to share those sounds we've been working on recently with everyone when it, whenever we get to. I'm very excited to hear you compare the sound to Age of Odds because I think that's a, a super underrated album personally. Um, mm -hmm. I love what he was doing there with, with all the textures and uh, not just with the percussion, but just like a lot of, a lot of sounds that you kind of don't even know what they are sometimes, or at least I don't when I listen to it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so do you mind if we talk about Moonbath a little more or, um, Oh no, I just wanted to, I don't know. Somehow it made sense to talk about that right then. Cause, um, Oh yeah. Cause the styles, the different styles. Right. Totally. Totally. And my joke that if Caleb was around the whole time, we might've been more consistent. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, that totally makes sense. Uh, cause I like, I always intended to make like, dancey electronic music and i just like super had no idea how to go about it (laughs) and like you know my instrument is my instrument and my experiences as a musician leading up to when i started recording were very much more i don't know singer songwriter Mm -hmm. i you know i played i was classically trained so (laughs) i just i don't know and like i said i'm like i don't know why how you call it but just kind of chaotic in my brain and um, did not, I mean, it doesn't seem that hard to figure this out. And it's like, oh, it's like, it took you this long to figure out how to make electronic music. I think it's pretty challenging too, honestly. I mean, I, I, I have a similar experience to you where like, I've always thought it would be cool for me. For me, it's more like I've always wanted to do a postal service or like a digital ash in a digital urn or something like that uh, type thing. But uh but but i have i i get so intimidated by by all of the there's too many options like in ableton or or with like a keyboard with a shitload of of uh synthesizer presets or whatever like there's too many options and you get you can get down these rabbit holes yeah it can be really i mean it can be really beneficial just to like intentionally restrict yourself pretty wide uh wide like uh, like with the the new, I say new stuff, it's old songs, but you sort of reworked. Um, but the, the, the material that we are currently working on, um, a lot of that stuff is just like, it's like a handful of sort of drum machine samples. I will grab from like, there are certain, certain 808 drums, certain 606 drums, uh, and like a handful of other like samples, um, that I've found over the years. Um, then some that we've made and then all the synth, synth stuff is like, I try not to mess too much with the presets. I mean, there's a couple of good presets like on the analog keys, um, that are good go-tos, but for all, a lot of the rest of the stuff, it's just like only using what, um, we can sort of build ourselves in that. So rather than, mm-hmm. rather than trying to, uh, sort through, you know, 256 presets or whatever it's more just like smashing your head against the wall for a couple hours trying to figure out how to make the sound uh be expressive in the way that you want which doesn't really sound easier i don't know that it is it it does help to limit yourself just to give yourself like it can be you know like we we set out to make minimal arrangements Mm. and that, that helped a lot but at the same time caleb is good at at thinking of what he's trying to create and then actually making it happen, which I think is wizardry. I don't know. I just like really like to play instruments and sing. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, to, like, I don't know, like the programming part of it is I have like a phobia of it, but not, I don't know. Phobia, you know what I mean? Like a version. Yeah. Or, like not, it's not like beer, but, but, it, know, but it doesn't like, feel natural to you. Yeah. Which I totally get. I mean, 
I'd rather like hang out with someone that knows how to do it and then just kind of like find you right there because they have the skills and then it's like two people working together making music instead of me like suffering yeah just as i try to learn how to use a device <laughs> yeah yeah it works pretty well for us but then we have like yeah. the this like sympathetically opposing sort of dispositions um because i like i'll read manuals and figure that out and like and like dial in a sound all day uh but like try and have me write a song by myself and just like watch me want to die i bet you could do it <laughs> that's i they're they're just, uh yeah eventually yeah <laughs> that's the same for me eventually me too it's just like i'm really slow and i like to learn in person and no one wants to teach me this <laughs> That would suck. I'm I'm sure I'm sure it wouldn't suck, but but everything is hard to learn the first time, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure piano wasn't easy when you first started out. Uh, you know, um, I'm sure it took a while to get as good at singing as you are as well. Um, yeah, I would like. I mean, I'd love to do like an intense program, but that would cost a lot of money. Yeah, sure. I've looked into it. um so you so you said that it that it wasn't quite what you were looking to do but but i still thought moonbath was a a really cool release for you no i love moonbath i do love i love it i mean yeah i i do love it yeah i i saw it fill out i was like your style is you can do the style i'm trying to do on these songs but it, but they still turned out different, you know, than how I had imagined them. But it was a collaboration, you know. It was like, uh, that's what we're doing, you know. <laughs> I was like, this is your style. I know it. Mm. These songs are for that. So did you come to him mostly with fully formed songs, which then he sort of adapted to that style? Like, I know I saw you play a solo version of Green Glove once, which, you know, like you could hear that essentially this is all the piano stuff is here and then all the rest of that shit is debatably extra. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have, you know, like I'd have chords and the lyrics and then I would play them on a MIDI keyboard and then he would, um, work on it by himself for a while and then we'd get back together and work on it together. Was it a lot of time spent together being like, these are going to be the sounds or was it like you hear it three months later and you're like, holy shit, this sounds cool. Yeah. It's more like, more like the second one. Um, you know, I'd like write the song and then sometimes it would sound really different. Like in body doubles, there were a lot more chord changes Mm. originally and he turned it into only two chord changes and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, I'd be interested to hear the version with lots of chords. That's, uh, but it, yeah. it was like the same melody, but he just like yeah. uh, stripped down the harmony essentially. Yeah. I want to hear that version too. I'm yeah, I'll show you all my demos. I've got tons of that different versions awesome. of like all the discographies. It's fun, you know? That does I'll sound show cool. you. But it's like overwhelming, as are all of my future ideas. So I don't do that to people, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like it gets really boring after a while. I think just me being like, uh, yeah. So I don't even, 
I don't even talk about it to people anymore. <laughs> like, you know, I've learned. It's not interesting. What the, 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 the demos. Yeah. Anything like, I don't know. Just the whole process is like internal now and things I want to do, things that I have done that haven't come out. I'm just like, if you really question me about it, I'll be very happy to talk to you about it. But I used to like, I don't know, try to talk about it with people. And it's like, (laughs) you know how it is. If you're talking, you know, I'm sure you know exactly this experience where you're like, I'm really stoked about what I'm working on. I'm on my ideas. And like, ah. But then it's kind of like, because they can't hear the thing. It's not. Yeah, like they like they they just can't know why it's exciting in a way. Yeah, it just works better to just be like, this is the published thing, and there you have it. And um, only a few people are ever going to want to hear all the iterations. Even Mike, my partner, doesn't. I feel like feel that <laughs> interested in seeing all the different versions. You know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, people have a lot going on. You know, so, <laughs> this is what I spend my time thinking about. But yeah, sure. There's a, lot, there's a lot else that you could spend your time thinking about. So anyway, <laughs> no, no, that's 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 funny. I you know I, I I do know that struggle of like of like uh oh I have this one verse I'm really excited about, but like there's no reason for anyone else to care about that. Yeah. Uh, but. But I, I, I personally, literally anything you want to tell me, I'll listen. Because uh, because you're you're one of my favorites, Anna. Um, you, I, lo- I love all of your stuff. So, um, thanks, Forrest. Yeah, no problem. Um, I guess the only other record we haven't talked about yet is Opia, and I kind of wanted to hit on everything a little bit at least. Uh, and something that struck me with opia was that it sounded like very laid back uh and a lot more intimate compared to never mind i love you is that like would you say that's a result of of it being like tracked in in a different way or um just because of a different headspace you were at like i feel like there's between there being more like funny songs on it kind of, and uh, a little bit more of a conversational singing style. Um, Like it's just got a whole different tone. Yeah, Opia is more representative of my true style. I mean, just because my music should have humor in it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the influence of my bandmates in the first record that we went more of a more of like a serious tone and like almost like a post-rock kind of sound you know it's like more heavy mm-hmm. and i i like how that record turned out too and i like i said i really value collaboration um the other reason that uh opia is so much more intimate is because um I really crafted those songs by myself in my living room on the keys. Mm-hmm. So it just, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't write the songs so detailed on a single instrument without, I mean, you can, but then you're going to have to deconstruct them, which production 
as a producer, I'm not very good at that yet to like explode a song and, you know, go from like a song that's just one instrument and singing Mm -hmm. into just like, like when I work with like Phil, like he, you know, like he, um, exploded body doubles a little bit or whatever. And like that can be really, really great in production, but I was not, I found that since I had crafted them so detailed in almost like a singer songwriter way, I didn't do it on purpose, but I just had worked on them so much by myself on the keyboard, Mm -hmm. you know, that when I produce them and I, cause I produced it by myself, I just didn't really have the production experience to get away from that singer that like more intimate. Cause I, like I said, I worked on them so much in my living room before I got into the studio. Mm. And I've heard that from, from other people who I've talked to on the podcast and not on the podcast that, you know, the great thing and the, frustrating thing about Luke Tweedy is that he will just push buttons for you if you want. He won't make, he doesn't want to make any decisions for you, uh, that sort of thing. So, Oh yeah. I, I like that. I feel like he still does. He still does. Yeah. He does that. He does that. He'll, he'll, I'll be like, I'll like come back in the room and be like, what the fuck did you do? It sounds different. And he can't even, it's like, he can't even tell me cause I think he's just such an audiophile that he does it without even, Oh, you know, really? He just starts fixing things, you know? <laughs> well, you know? yeah, I, I guess I, the, the impression but that... But you're I, right. He doesn't produce, he doesn't like do any producing when he's, he's like keeps the engineering to like, that's what he's doing, you know? Right. I'm sure right. if you asked him to produce, he would, but I liked that. I liked getting that experience and I have a lot of copies of that record left if anyone wants one. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> great record um lots of (laughs) lots of chuckles to be had and lots of good emotional moments too i mean like uh er is is this sort of like emotional ride uh i'm i i'm so bad with song titles but there's a a bunch of really good emotional we grew up during limewire limewire (laughs) nothing had a song title that's right that's right. Well, and and yeah. my thing my thing is I always just listen to music without looking at whatever the thing is I'm playing it on. So so I just don't file those things away very well uh, in my brain. Yeah. Um, but uh, let me look at my titles. If, Who needs them? It's just so hard. I think "Help Yourself" is one of my favorites on there, um, and. Uh, and I love you. Moon is really, really good too. Uh, that that one, that one, I think is a is almost a high point because it's like it's got these huge climactic moments where you really kind of get to flex your your vocal chops a little bit. Yeah, that one turned out well. Um, that one was the only one that I was like, that's how I want it. I want it to be like this like stripped down like piano kind of song and the rest of them I had envisioned differently but didn't know how to take them to that place and um forgot what I was gonna say oh that's okay I noticed that's like actually a thing that pops up in a lot of your 
lyrics and titles and stuff is is the moon uh like other than obviously love which is common in practically everyone's songs uh, uh you you seem to especially called out be like really into the moon uh and i i'm i'm just curious if there's if there's something there that that's you know some emotional tie or like spiritual thing that 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 comes from I'm trying to think of other moon references there's obviously moon bath there's moon bath there's I love you moon there's uh I feel like there were other ones um and of course I'm drawing a blank because I asked the question there probably are <laughs> there probably are um well I will tell this story um me and Ryan lived together at one point we had this great apartment um on top of Sherman Hill. So it had this pretty sweet view because it's also on the top floor. And um, I would take baths in a in a nice little clawfoot bathtub and look out my window at the moon. It was awesome, you know? So that's, that's where, where that, that phrase from. Come from, comes from? Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's, like, it's like a whole lifestyle. <laughs> Living in sync with the moon. Do you keep track of what the moon is doing? I I don't much. I don't know anything about astrology or or the stars or any of that shit. Like I'm so clueless. People will be like, "Oh yeah, Ryan's belt looks really fucking sick tonight," and I'm like, "Yeah, I believe you." Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really shouldn't say this because it's gonna sound really loopy to people who aren't into spirituality things but I mean let me preface with I've always been really spiritual when I was a kid I would like go off my brothers told me this recently they were like you were never around you know you were always like wandering the countryside <laughs> alone oh cool you know because uh, I did I would like go sit in the trees and like feel <laughs> I shouldn't talk about any of this but you should I would yeah I would go just like be with the trees and feel the magic of the earth it's real I feel like I cannot talk about this in public but I could tell you about it around the campfire <laughs> you know <laughs> Uh, you know, like, well, I, I don't I, think you should be, you know, ashamed of that at all. I, uh, I'm not, but I just know that so many people like have more of a scientific and not non-spiritual outlook. So I, you yeah, know, but the, the moment those my people audience, are camping on mushrooms, they, they're in the yeah. same seat as you. You just don't need the mushrooms to get there, right? Yeah, exactly, got, like, exactly. No, I mean, I. I don't think there's any invalid, you know, I mean, I had, I had Brooks on here talking about, uh, you know, whatever he's about. So, so I love him. Yeah. Yeah. We vibe. <laughs> I, I noticed he has a lot of moon stuff too. So, so I thought it would be kind of interesting to, to see, you know, what, whether, whether your answers overlapped at all. I think too. it really is interesting. And yeah, you know, I'll just say that it's important and endlessly inspiring. Those, you know, fluid, 
water-based things and the moon and those two things are you know they go together Mm. is there anything that you have coming up that you want to tell people about at all or have you just kind of been hunkering down doing the reworkings of the old stuff and that's uh all you've really had mental space for or yeah i mean for most of the pandemic, we haven't really been, like, too inspired. I don't know. That's how I felt. Yeah, no, same. It was it was a, a very flat first More just, nine like, months. grieving, surviving vibes for us. It's like but, a hard kind of band to, like, really be created in, uh, in, like, sort of a lot of the emotions of, I mean, last spring and summer and fall. I mean, there's it, it, been a lot of... It's been, definitely been an emotional year, but not in a way that translates into, I think, the, the kind of songs we've been doing lately. So it's been yeah. a, a, a bad year for that, I suppose. Yeah. But it's been I very just good don't, lately. I just haven't really felt like it, but um, but we did get uh, we did get invited to do a, a, a sort of show, so that's what kind of kick-started us into um, making these new arrangements and we're really stoked about those. Is that like an online thing or, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be posting information when it, when that time comes. Sure. Sure. Again, <laughs> I, I, I won't press you for anything that you're yeah. not, that you can't, can't talk about. Um, well, is there anything else you'd like to kind of say to the people bef- before we sign off any, any thoughts that you want people to, to walk away with? Let's see. We did those arrangements, and we're going to do more of them. So we're excited to do that, but we're not going to do that for a little bit. Um, We're going to be we're going to finish recording one of our new songs, Um, and then we're going to be writing soon. Like we're kind of taking a little break right now because it was a really intense push on the arrangements this the last couple months. Mm. You had to get ready for that film set. Yeah, that was a that was a lot of work. Uh, Caleb really busted his ass. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're working on finishing a song and starting another and continually reworking older material for this sort of new format. Some of which, I mean, you were talking about uh, that song Moon. The new version for Moon is, I think, exceptional. I would like to show people that now. I wish I had <laughs> that recorded. I want to get that recorded very soon because the new version of Moon is a real jam. Yeah, maybe we can uh, work on that as well as the new songs we're doing, and because yeah, that song that there. It, I mean, like we said, the the version on Opia turned out really well, um, but this version also turned out really well. Mm. Very different energy to it. It's dancey. It's cool. Which I, I I mean sort of fits with the history of the band. You have all those, like those, like all the albums so far have been like from completely different planets. Like, like they're all like fundamentally completely different. Um, so, I think having these new versions that are such different feels is an appropriate progression. Hell yeah! And we're gonna like um, we're working on some other projects too, but they're so they're kind of in a beta stage. So, mm. I guess we might as well not go there 
dangle the carrot that's so far away. That's fair. That's fair. Totally fair. Um, well, just want people to uh, uh, go to your website, go to your Bandcamp, get your get your shit if they don't have it, um, and keep. Yeah, we have uh, we have Moonbath is available on CD tape, um, and obviously you know it's oh Moonbath's actually not online. Right. Yeah. Just a few singles. Right. Yeah. So they got to yeah, get the man. CD. Yep. People can listen to Sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. Sanctuary and Consequences, which are a couple of real bangers. Yeah. But the whole album's really great, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out. So so uh, uh, if you really need to sample the whole thing, I can do that for you. <laughs> um and uh yeah, we've got copies of Opia LP. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, we'll have links. We'll have links uh, in in the notes, which I've noticed on Spotify, uh, they totally fuck up all of my uh, all of my little links in the description. But uh, of course, you can go to my anchor page, and uh, it'll have the the links for that stuff. And also, I'll probably throw the link in so people can watch uh, the Lavelle film if they haven't. Um, yeah, I just got that released. It was like it was all tied up in like copyright things. Oh, really? So it should be watched. Yeah, it is watchable because you could find it. Right? Yeah. You searched it and found it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for for chatting with me, and uh, I'm excited to hear the new stuff. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Forrest. Was it you? 